Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. Tonight, we're continuing our character class discussions with the herbal tea chaser, the protector of all things cute and furry, and everyone's favorite forest hippie, the druid. I'm Chad, and tonight, I'm talking with Beth. Hello! David. Hey. And Sarah. Hey, y'all. So I wanted to start this episode off with a spoiler warning, actually. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, if, if you don't want to know anything about the third module of Extinction Curse, I'm going to be talking about one of the things in the toolbox. I'm not going to be talking about the adventure itself. There was something that was published in the toolbox. It is now available on Archives of Nethys. So we're going to talk about it, but I wanted to give a quick warning. Guys, there's a new ancestry. What? Whoop. They're called the Shuni. Okay. And they are small creatures that look like pugs. Oh my god. Dog no. people. <laughs> They're really cute. I really love them. So now okay. you can make your very own character that's modeled after Pickles from BoJack Horseman. Uh, yeah. Who's going to play it first? Uh, me. When you run in a game. <laughs> like, uh, your GM just quit. Uh, I really love and hate one of their um, ancestral abilities, which is Blunt Snout. <laughs> so sad. Says your small blunt snout uh, is resistant to anything that assails the nose. Uh. So any inhaled threats, such as poisons or anything, so if it has the inhaled tag or olfactory tag, uh, you are resistant. Hmm. So you get the outcome one degree of success better. So if you succeed, you critical succeed, and so on. Down the line. That's neat, but also sad, because pugs can't breathe so good. Right? <laughs> right? It made me so sad. Uh, we're going to put a link to it in the episode description. Guys, read the whole thing. It's really, really great. They are listed as rare, so make sure you're talking to your DMs before you take this. Uh, but, like, their society section is really great. I love that uh, with their names, they were, like, uh, with strong family values and emphasis on found friends. They love it. Uh, they take pride in naming their children after loved ones. So, they do have a, a smaller lifespan. They are small creatures, I did say that. Dexterity and charisma. Ability boost with an ability flaw of constitution. They don't have very many hit points. Beth is just gonna cry during this whole description. 
I'm do, sorry. Do they keep track of time in dog years? Oh, Ooh. probably. <laughs> <laughs> so the heritages that you can take are also really cute. It's no. um, <laughs> they're really cute. A uh, bloodhound Her voice just keeps going up an octave every time she talks about the next thing. I'm sorry. You uh, gotta, bloodhound. You gotta stop at 20k. Nobody can hear past that. <laughs> Only dogs. You know, All the shooting are just gonna be out there howling. That's fine. I'm totally fine with this. Uh, so it's Bloodhound, Fish Seeker, Paddler. Because they can swim. And then Thick Coat. Which is also cute. But not oh, sorry, necessarily guys. very accurate for pugs. No. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, and I, I mean, if you look at the pictures uh, that they have with them, like I guess you could say that, like one of them kind of looks instead of like a pug is more of a um, a pug mix, uh, maybe or like I was thinking a uh, English uh, bulldog, uh, but yeah, that is still that snub. Too kind of snub nose but but the mm. fisherman one the fisherman picture that's in extinction curse 100 like he's even got his little tongue out he's got a little <laughs> cat tail in his mouth like the plant not an actual cat's tail you did need to clarify i did Thank you. Yeah. and they have the um i can't remember what it's called but the the extra joint in their leg guys they're so cute. They've got some great feet, too. They can dig quickly. Everything's going to be alright, Beth. To, be- to bury I- their enemies. I really wish you all could see my face right now. It's so you great. Can. Well, I meant the audience. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Chad. <laughs> Chad, did you forget that we're recording? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyway. I just wanted to bring that up. I know that it's a bit off topic, but when I saw this, I immediately changed our script. I was like, oh no, we're talking about this. Are you kidding me? I will cut literally. We're supposed to talk about the Druid today? No, absolutely not. We're talking about this for two hours. I would like to say that this is another excellent use of the meme that I made that's absolutely no one. Beth, extinction curse. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's absolutely true. Look, extinction curse. This is getting really real for a second. Extinction curse is really good, guys. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Module one, we're almost done with it. We're actually further along in our module one than we are in Age of Ashes. So good, guys. So good. If only we had delayed our start. You know, six months. We'll just switch games. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good on that one. New we podcast idea. Now. We only play through the first book of any adventure path. There we go. <laughs> we end it right no. there. That's it. Absolutely not. We, we find the portal. We fall through the portal. Boom, extinction curse. Boom. <laughs> Where is this portal first? Come on, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. We are totally off the rails. Let's get back into it. Let's talk druids.
thought this was the Shuni episode. It is now, but <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I mean, if you want to talk Shuni, let's do this. Chad, what have you done? <laughs> I now just see pugs. Chad. I up so many pictures of pugs. I'm just ready to go. Look what you've done to me. I'm in it. So the <laughs> fantasy of playing a druid. Let's talk about that. Huh. I like okay. that. Uh, so personally, I I love druids because there are so many different aspects to nature that you can choose from. And like... There are so many sort of different fantasies of like, oh, were you going to play like sort of the witch that lives in the woods and like protects the woods and is all about like naturey stuff? Like, are you going to be like kind of a hippie sort of like, is that going to be your spin on like protecting nature and like thinking nature is really great? Are you going to be a cat lady or may I also substitute a wolf lady where you just have a bunch of wolves? Like, who doesn't want to be that? And like... I just, there are so many different cool things that you can do, like, just being really cool with nature and being magical, and, like, it's great, and I love it. <laughs> oh, I 100% agree. Uh, I did see a meme the other day, and I was a little annoyed by it, so I wanted to bring it up. The thing that I think is core to the fantasy of druids, unless you're playing something really out there, is their love of nature. Like that you gotta respect is, it. You respect right. the nature. Exactly. And so I saw a meme the other day about Joe Exotic being a druid. And I just want all y'all to know that is in no way true. And we are anti Joe Exotic on this podcast. Absolutely. Agreed. One. So just tweet at me. I don't care. Like he is not in any way a druid. Not even close. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh, I did want to bring up the historical context uh, from where, like, that term druid comes from. So, a lot of people, when they think of historical druids, they're thinking of uh, Celtic culture, um, Gaelic, religious leaders, kind of a religious organization uh or if you don't think religious a pagan religion um there is definitely a focus with nature in that i'm not gonna go into all of the different sects and their uh beliefs but uh that definitely is where it comes from but i think when i think of the Pathfinder Druid, or the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Druid, that's not really what I think of. I, honest to goodness, think of, like, in modern literature, the hermits that live out in the woods and do everything themselves and that kind of thing. You know, are, are living one with nature. There was a book uh, called Dragon World. It's one of my favorite uh, pieces of literature. And there, in the first part of the book, there is a, never mentioned as a druid, but there's a hermit that lives out there. And I always think of him when I think of druids. I don't know why, but that's what I think about. So I, I like that. Also, in one of my games, 
that I'm actually playing and not running in. What? You do <laughs> I, I do actually play in a game. Uh, we have a druid, and he is a former uh, hermit. We're also the uh, dwarf gang. We're all dwarves in the party. Um. It's pretty great. <laughs> just put that so- out there. I guess just just to contrast that that hermit viewpoint, I guess I've also thought of druids as sort of like small, pretty close knit communities because I think <laughs> don't druids have their own language, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would be druidic. Um, and so I guess I guess for me, like I haven't looked into it that much, but I assume you would have to be taught. Maybe not taught it by another druid, but, you know. Mm -hmm. It Um, could be that nature taught you that language. That's fair. That's a good point. You know, Um, you just met a really nice squirrel. mm -hmm. And that squirrel taught you how to speak druidic. True. I guess a better counterpoint to hermits (laughs) would be that very rarely in nature is anything by itself. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it would be pretty natural for there to be like small groups or communities worth of druids, because there, as far as I'm aware, there is no animal in nature that lives solely on its own. They they've always got packs or groups to hang out with. Or even if they're on their own, you you're always like at some point in your life, going to be looking for another person. Right. You know. So, you I guess what? just a just a, a counterexample to the hermit is also right. the community. The community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, I think it would be baller to have uh, a group that's all druids. Hey, yeah. That would be fun. I know in uh, World of Warcraft, that's definitely possible. You have tank damage heals. All right, anyway. The other thing I think of that some people think of when they think of specifically a role playing a druid is shape shifting. Like, not all druids shape shift, uh, but that is, for some, the core of the fantasy. I want to turn into a bear, and nothing you can do because it will stop me. I would also like to point out that in Pathfinder, you can turn into a dinosaur. (laughs) We'll get into that. Uh, That's a decent segue. I want to talk about sort of the class itself and what it means in Pathfinder 2nd Edition to be a dream. And the first thing that I did want to bring up, and this is consistent through many different iterations of druids is anathemas, things that they cannot do. And Pathfinder 2nd Edition is uh, pretty standard, right? No metal armor shields. I found that kind of interesting. um, Yeah. They they stopped at armor and shields and did not you know, make that into the weapons as well. Ooh, that's a very good point. Because I and maybe it's just one of the one of the first five E podcasts I listened to. I think the 
who had played Abjured in that game, they took it to that level and they just made it okay with the GM that, you know, if they had to have a special sword or something made out of wood, then they'd just work it into the story. Well, I mean, staffs exist. Yeah. And I suppose with spears, they don't really need to be metal-tipped. They could be stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Bows. Bows and arrows wouldn't need to be metal. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could make an argument that just having a nice little wooden shank is good enough for a drip, for a dagger. Go stab ya. Yeah. Little uh, wooden shiv. Mm-hmm. So the second thing that is sort of alien to them are despoiling natural places. So in this case, like, respect of nature means you are not destructive to it. Now I think that the level that a druid takes that, it will be interesting. Um, But despoiling natural places kind of has a little bit of flexibility. And then finally, teaching druidic to non-druids. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't. Like, they find out, they're gonna get you. I don't know who they are, but... But they will. They will. The squirrels are fine, but the raccoons, they'll talk. Right? Absolutely. Raccoons are never to be trusted. So, that is the anathema that are common amongst all druids. Now, what... We're going to talk a little bit more about some anathema to specific types of druids, but for now, that is their common point. So then I wanted to get into some basic abilities, right? Like, they're uh, trained in medium armor. Obviously, it can't be metal. Uh, You know, they're trained in weapons, they're experts in will, saves. Uh, They get shield block right off the bat, too. Yeah. Uh, Which I actually thought was interesting. That they get uh, shield block. And then we're going to get into the primal spell spell casting a little bit later. But I thought it would be nice to talk about wild empathy, which is their other ability that they get at first level. Well, that's probably one of my favorite parts about being a druid. I mean, come on, you get to talk to animals. Who the heck doesn't want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. You get to talk to animals. And one thing right here, it says that uh, basically they any animal usually has to take the time to actually hear you out. So if you've already upset them, they have to take the time out of the fight, usually, to hear you, listen to you, listen to your side of things. Although if it's something like a boar is charging at you, you it's probably got to continue through with the charge. And then like, <laughs> oh, yes, dear sir, I do hear your side of the point here. I am sorry for tusking you so hard, but I'm still going through with the rest of it. 
<laughs> I love that. Actually, uh, this came up in uh, a game I was running where uh, they were fighting a lion. And the druid made a wild empathy diplomacy check. Because that's the thing, you get to use diplomacy mm-hmm. with animals. And so he made his check, and the lion stopped. They were still technically in combat, uh, but the lion stopped. And, you know, the druid was like, you don't have to attack us. You could join us. And the lion was like, no, but I am going to run away. And so that's what it did. So they didn't have to kill it. Which is something I think that a druid may not be against their anathema of killing something that is obviously attacking them. But the fact that they didn't have to kill it is pretty great. Was that player Jesse? No, she's not a druid. They would t- she would totally want to have the lion join the group. <sighs> yes, yes, she would. <laughs> that person did too, but no. Can't it lie wasn't on that person all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably fair. So that's kind of what they get at just straight off the bat is casting your anathema, wild empathy, shield block, and finally their druidic order. So the, this is kind of what makes them unique to each other. So um, in Pathfinder 2, you've got four different druidic orders. You've got animal, leaf, storm, and wild. And uh, you know, they all, you know, the name provides a pretty good description. If you're animal, you have a connection to beasts. You get an animal companion right off the bat. Heck yeah! Mm-hmm. Wolf. <laughs> you get the, you gain the heal animal order spell. So I, I assume that's your uh, focus spell that you get. Uh, and then each one of these uh, orders comes with its own anathema. So the anathema for animal is, you know, you committing any cruelty to animals or killing them unnecessarily, just like if you're a druid, you don't want to disturb, you know, nature. You don't want to be cruel to animals. Um, mm-hmm. The next one is leaf. Uh, it, and uh, I guess this one is just you take the respect of nature to the next level. You just, you really, really like nature. Um you, gain you get a familiar. Yeah, you get a leshy familiar. You can get your very own Sunny by ordering now. <laughs> With two orders uh, or two payments of fourteen ninety five, uh, and then you get the Goodberry order spell, which I don't know. That's always been kind of an interesting one. It's just kind of like a cheap food source. Yeah, one uh, berry like fills you up for a whole day. Something like that, and I think I think it heightens to feed more people, maybe. Um, and then the anathema there is committing cruelty to plants. Good luck walking on grass. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. gonna have to learn how to fly. Levitate. 
no, guys, we have to stay on the path. We have to. That would be that would actually be a really funny way to play a a leaf order. Would be <laughs> like you're just terrified of stepping on any plants or like harming anything, and so you're like, guys, no, we have to, guys, guys, I can't go over there. <laughs> I I would die. Like I really think. When the group can't take your shit anymore, they just like knock you out and carry you across the field and then wait for you to wake up on the other side. No, I don't know. We just teleported. <laughs> Dump your body in a, in a field of uh, daisies. <laughs> wow. See what you do. Once okay. you wake up there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That's horrible. That's pretty, that's pretty mean. They set you on a rock in the middle of a field. What do you do? <laughs> You're stuck. You're stuck there until you learn levitate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So we were switching to talk about Stormborn. Yep. Yep. So, uh, cool. so Storm is uh, like the big caster uh, focus for the Druids. Uh, you gain the Tempest Surge Order spell, which I assume is lightning or a wind or something along those lines. Uh, and then your anathema there is you, you can't pollute the air or allow anyone to, you know, cause major air pollution. And then the uh, the wild is the fourth one. And that's the one that gives you the wild shape feet. Turn into a wolf, turn into a bear. I assume there's limitations at, you know, level one. Maybe you only can turn into a tiny rat or something. So... I did want to mention this is one of the best slash worst examples where you get access to a feat called Wild Shape. And this feat gives you access to a spell called Wild Shape. And with Wild Shape, uh, in its base form, you get access to a different spell called Pest Form. And then Heightened, you get access to Animal Form. And I understand why they did it this way. I do. It's so that other people or other druids can get access to this focus spell. But I really hate that. That there is a feat and a spell focus spell titled the same mm -hmm. and they all link to another thing and so when making a druid character that can be quite confusing i remember so, that it was for one of our other players mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and like online if you use like archives of Nephthys or d20 pf2 srd uh it's really easy, right? Because everything's linked. So, like, you go to Wild Shape. You gain the Wild Shape order spell. Well, you click on the Wild Shape order spell. It takes you right there. But when you're using a physical book, if you're using the PDF, it's not linked like that. And so, for new players, I would actually steer them away from Druids. Unless, like, that's really what they want to do. Well, then, yeah, let me sit with you and explain this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that bad where I would tell a new player that they couldn't do it. I just would be like, 
Well, it, it does have a little bit of complexity to them. So that's, that's one of the criticisms, one of the big criticisms I have for second edition, actually, is a lot of your feats linked to spells or uh, your focus spells, copy other things, and there can be a lot of back and forth within the book, especially if you're using physical. Sorry, I'm my tirade. <laughs> so you were saying they were they got the wild shape feet, but then they also get wild morph. Yes, they get the uh, wild morph order spell. So they they get two. They get a again confusing. They get a focus spell and then an order spell. Um, and then their anathema is that they cannot become fully domesticated and and live in you know civilization so you cannot have a permanent home yeah in town well yeah, yeah. W- it, it, like a permanent home in a city yeah right yeah uh one of the things that i also thought was interesting was animal gets athletic skill leaf gets diplomacy so you can diplomacy plants i guess i don't know darn right <laughs> i i just thought animal would get diplomacy to help with wild empathy yeah but anyway uh so animal gets athletics leaf gets diplomacy storm gets acrobatics and wild gets intimidation. And that made sense. All of the others made sense. But I would almost flip animal and leaf. But then again, you could also pick, like if you were an animal druid, you could pick diplomacy as one of your other spells or uh, skills. So it's not like you don't have access to it. You just don't get it for free. So some of the other uh, like base things that they get later on, they do get access to lightning reflexes at level 5. So that's great. So your reflex save is going to eventually, all of your saves are going to eventually get up there. You also do get increased to your armor proficiency. So that's good. And then you become a legendary spellcaster, which we've seen on all of the spellcasters, right? Mm -hmm. Master and legendary. And then their peak level 19 ability. And you guys will have to help me pronounce this. It's Primal Hero Font. Hierophant. Hierophant. Thank you. So you you just have unlimited cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. No, I'm kidding. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That was uh, <laughs> no, you actually have infinite cosmic power and the whole world is your home. Which sounds pretty good. Uh, so uh, that gives you access to 10th level spells. 
This is very common that we see with the spellcast. So, in terms of other things that make druids unique, because that's what we're looking at here, right? Why play a druid over someone else, right? Is the fact that they get primal spellcasting. And that is something we have not talked about yet. So we're kind of going to, as the name of the show implies, deep dive on some of the primal spell list and what that kind of looks like. Now, sorcerers, as we've mentioned before, they get access to all of them. You have to pick one. So they get access to the primal spell list. Um, But druids are kind of unique in they're one of the few that do. So that's pretty great. I would say that the primal spell list is probably my second favorite. Uh, Second only to occult. I think occult's probably the strongest. Uh, Looking at just cantrips alone, uh, for the primal cantrips, you get access to electric arc. Which makes sense, right? Uh, Arcane also gets access to Electric Arc. Arcane also gets Telekinetic Projectile, right? Yes. Yeah. Telekinetic Projectile is the highest damaging cantrip for single target. Electric Arc is the highest damaging multi-target. And it's up to two creatures. Uh, spell. So in that case, Arcane is better in the cantrip department, but I do like uh, the fact that they that it's on the primal spell list. Uh, they also get many things that you, you would expect. Um, something I didn't expect was Disrupt Undead. Hmm. Like, I just wasn't expecting that to be on the primal. I just love the thought of being it, it disrupting the dead. Just like you're just kind of annoying. You're just a bit of a distraction to the undead. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, hey, hey over here, over here. No, 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 look at me. And they're like, what? That's it. That's all it does. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there were actually quite a few like necromancy spells on the primal spell list and I was like ooh I'm into this uh also and I know none of you will be surprised by this extinction curse uh added (laughs) they all like rolled their eyes guys all of them (laughs) every Uh, single one of us yes every single one rolled their eyes uh So Extinction Curse added some more primal spells. Uh, My personal favorite and the one that I think is sort of my mood right now and I know a lot of us can identify with is a personal rain cloud. You get a five foot wide rain cloud that follows you wherever you want it to go. Hmm. Yeah. So you want to make someone's day just be a little more gloomy? Give them a personal rain cloud. (laughs) Now, I really don't know what, like, 
I don't think I would ever do it. Like, it helps if you're, you know, you're going to fight something that has like fire attacks because you can put out flames with it. But I don't know. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. (laughs) Now, any slide is a water slide. True. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good, good counterpoint. I don't, I don't have a rebuttal. Thank you. I had a couple from the primal list that I, I liked. Uh, one was Weapon Storm. Uh, and what it does is uh, it takes a weapon that you're holding and it turns it into like four other weapons. So you can just swing it at like four people that are all in front of you. I think the damage is uh, it's a cone. It's like a cone shape in front of you. But that sounded pretty neat. Just Turn your club into four clubs and slap everybody with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, who else has access to that? That one is also arcane. Uh, although that's fourth level, so we're going to have to wait a while on that one. Like, one more level. Fourth level spells, so it's like level. Oh, nine, oh, oh never mind. I can't do math. It's fine. And then uh, this one's level three, so it'll happen a little sooner. It's called Cup of Dust. Uh, you curse the target with a thirst, a thirst that no drink can quench. So you just make your target super thirsty, and they can they can't. <laughs> That's so great. It just ah, uh, I need. And uh, who else has access to that? Because I'm pretty sure a cult does. Yeah, Arcane, Occult, and Primal. Yeah, so we know who's going to be using that spell. Bards. Making everybody thirsty. <laughs> Just, I love it so much. I mean, if your bard can do that naturally, you won't even need to pick up the spell, so... No, no, no. The bard thinks that they can. Does not mean that it can. I... I would like to say that some bards do possess that talent. Like, not all yeah, bards absolutely. think they're better than oh. they are. Some of them are good. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, so there was a, another spell that was on the primal spell list uh, called Snowball. And this came from the world guide that they released. You magically have a snowball fight. Only it's it's actually pretty painful. It's a two d four cold damage, and uh, on a critical success, they're slowed. So kind of kind of like the alchemist uh, frost file. Yeah. Does it? How much damage does it do? Um, I want to shoot. I don't have my spell my. <laughs> book in front of but me it is right similar. Now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. Similar. It's similar in the fact that when it it, it hits, it does. Mm-hmm. It slows and does damage. Um, I want to say first level is one d six, and I think second level is probably two d six for damage. Nice, but. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. What level do you get access to turn into a dinosaur? As an as an alchemist, never. 
<laughs> no, as a druid. So when you get access to six level spells, you get dragon form. You also get uh, a spell called Baleful Polymorph, which I got a lot of use of in Pathfinder 1. Uh, dinosaur form is level four. Fourth level spells. You love to see it. I do. You also get aerial form, so you can fly. So that's pretty great. Yeah, it's obviously a very nature-themed spell list. It is exactly what you would expect. Well, except for a couple necromancy spells that are like, "Mm, that's weird. You can, uh, along with divine, you can remove paralysis. I just imagine like your druid walking up and like spreading a bunch of salve on you and then magically imbuing it and that's how he cures your paralysis. Don't don't trust your druid druid with black salve. Can burn your flesh. What? I mean don't <laughs> trust your healer with healer's kits because that's turned out poorly before. One time. Never. One was all it took. (laughs) Might have been the first time, but by golly, it was one time. It was also the last. No. (laughs) That's funny. She died that day. (laughs) For focus spells, we kind of already talked about them. You know, we have the wild morph, wild shape. You do get some other things at fourth, sixth, eighth, and ninth. At 10th, that's when you get the uh, Apex Companion. Uh, So you target your animal companion, and they become huge. Uh, They get dark vision if they didn't already have it. They get additional hit points. The only problem with this is, like, so you can make your animal companion really freaking beefy for one minute. (laughs) Just one minute, but... That's pretty fun, though. Right, right? I just love the idea of a huge bear just, like, rampaging around. They have a 15-foot reach. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, it's great, I'm telling you. It's... For a 10th-level spell, I like it. I like it a lot. I do like something that they... We haven't really mentioned... Uh, too much about animal companions. But I did want to mention it's really cool that they level up with you. So the fact that as a druid, you start off with a little baby bear. He's small bear. And then later you get a bigger bear. Like, he grows with you. And, you know, by 7th level, I think you can actually use your uh, animal companion as a mount. So, like, I think that's cool. Uh, Let's talk then about some of the customizing options that you can have, like feats. Um, Well, as casters, you know, they get all your basic metamagic feats. Uh, We mentioned animal companions, and then they get the special uh, Leshy Familiar. So -hmm. there's a number of feats associated with with those. Um, There's the Mature Animal Companion at level 4, which is how you mentioned the Animal Companion kind of growing up with you, but you have to invest a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Empathy. 
you can communicate with plants. We can finally talk to Sunny. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you can only do that at sixth level. <laughs> only at sixth level will we truly understand him. <laughs> you will never understand Sunny. <laughs> yeah, there's. Right, well, now he's talking to himself. <laughs> at, at level eight, they've got the uh, ferocious shape, which is it's what the wild shape that gets you your dinosaur form. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites, though, it might be one of my favorites for the whole game. It's level fourteen feet called Verdant Metamorphosis. Uh, you transform into a plant version of yourself. So no matter what you were, you're a plant now. You are now a leshy. Does Sunny become more plant? I hope so. Like, I, if you're a leshy druid, do you become double plant? Or do you turn into, like, a flesh being? Oh. 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 <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> what the I do hate it. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> He's off screen vomiting at the moment. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my gosh, that's so great. Chad, do you also hate the word moist? Nah, it's okay. I can deal with that. But flesh being just. <laughs> so, uh, another thing that comes from the toolbox in another book uh, from Age of Ashes is Apex Apex Companion. This is a feat where, again, you're boosting your animal companion. And you call upon the essence of every individual animal of a particular species to temporarily transform your animal into an exemplar of of its kind. So it becomes the most wolf anyone has ever wolfed in wolf kind. Remus. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty great and thought it was kind of interesting. But other than that, like I was a little underwhelmed in the druid feet list. Like, I didn't... Yeah, there's a lot of feats. But I wasn't, like, wowed with them. I felt like, if you were a leaf druid, well, you're gonna take this. If you were an animal druid, well, you're gonna take this. Like, there were very obvious channels. And a little bit less ability to customize. So... That was my only, like, real disappointment. Like, obviously, they're some pretty great ones. But, yeah, just my thought. So, now that we've talked about the druid and all of its abilities, let's get into ancestry options. Goblins. (laughs) That fit with it. But actually, though... (sighs) Okay, so goblins probably aren't the best choice in terms of natural abilities. 
Okay. Is that what so you this, wanted to hear? It is. I, I Something we neglected to mention before is that their primary stat is wisdom. And goblins and hobgoblins are not the wisest of creatures. That no. doesn't mean that they can't be druids. It, it, just, it means... just means that you'll need to compensate for it. Exactly. But you had to bring it up. But also, all goblin party all the time. So, ancestries that fit better are going to be elves. Uh, Right? I I almost don't even want to. David, you (laughs) say Humans? Gross. uh, Okay, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Because this is like the one thing. The one time where I don't think humans are good druids, like mechanic- Wait, what? Mechanically, no, no. yes. Me- mechanically, humans can do anything. That's how Pathfinder made them. But yeah, I-, I find it a little hard to believe that, like, sort of the destructive nature and short lives of humans, like, really leads to them having a great respect of nature and being a druid and living out and. You know, not just chopping down a forest and building a cabin. So that's well, like. What about it, like a half elf? Yeah, I was like, that's a, that's a, I don't want to say pure, but like just a human human. Just a regular old normal boring human. Right. But a slightly more interesting only half human, maybe. That's funny. Uh, so I have to bring up elves, like you had mentioned, Sarah. And I have to bring it up. They don't actually get wisdom. They don't have a penalty in wisdom. But you do get dex. I have to mention elves because I feel like that's a stereotype of elven druids. I could be wrong. Could be. But I don't think I am. I mean, I think it fits because I think a lot of people would think of wood elves. Mm-hmm. And you know, like elven communities mm-hmm. that have been typically forest-based, um, kind kind of the way that that elves get tied in with rangers mm-hmm. in in other systems. Yeah, Just sort of like blend into the forest. You shoot stuff with bows and arrows. You're one with nature, so you can blend in real well. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have a long life, so you've probably already seen, like, hey, maybe don't chop that tree down. It's older than you. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. So halflings, obviously, they get a bonus to wisdom, so that would be a mechanically good choice. The iconic for druids is actually a gnome who... Uh, do not get a wisdom bonus, but they get constitution. So, like, come on. And also, you know, they're with the fae and all that. Fae and... Uh, I kind of have to mention that the Shuni might be good druids. would be fantastic. That's new favorite cl- ancestry. Excuse me. <laughs> they get... So they don't get wisdom. But they don't get a penalty either. They have a penalty to constitution. Uh, they get dex and charisma. So, you know, 
you you will have to take some of your free ones to to definitely bring up your wisdom. Uh, and of course, as druid, like you're gonna get your your primary stat gets plus two anyway. Uh, but I do think like this idea of um, you know, a creature that looks very much like they would be in nature, you know. I just think it would be so cute in their little robes and I would get to pinch their little cheeks. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, a leaf order druid is a shuni. He's constantly cursed because he can't pick up a stick and chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so good. The forbidden treasure. Oh man. Oh, well, maybe that would give it reasons to use necromancy so it could raise up a skeleton and then have a bone to chase. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys, I'm losing it over here. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. A one um, shot of a party just made up of shoonies. Hmm? Yeah, 100%. I want that. That's okay. so great. I also think that we would be remiss if we didn't say Leshy. I think that's like. Yeah. I just don't even know what it would be like to be a leshy druid and summon a leshy familiar. Is that just slavery with extra yeah, stuff? I was going to say, it's just slavery. <laughs> well, it, it so when you summon a familiar, like that is typically a bond, a, like a relationship, right? Like, is it? Nigel? I feel like it's just cheating to like already be part of nature. <laughs> and then be like, ah, oh, but now I am even more nature. And you're like, Wah. well, and then if you look at, I think the description, like the class description for Aleshi is that, you know, you were like, your spirit was bound to your plant body by a druid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leshies are bo- are created or born uh, with druid masters. And then when they become self-sufficient, they kind of go and adventure off on their own if they want to. Um, but they do get a wisdom bonus. Like, you're a giant plant. Why wouldn't you be a druid? Oh, you're a champion. Right. And when you're created by the druid, you could sit there and actually learn from the druid about being a druid. About being a druid. Exactly. That makes sense. But why would I do that? (laughs) That's not fun. I think. Actually, druids probably are very fun. They certainly sound like it. I'll get into what I think in a bit. Because <laughs> uh, I want to finish off by saying, or talking a little bit about how they've changed, how they've evolved. Right? We've, we've talked about what they look like now. What did they look like in Pathfinder 1st Edition? So, with the druid... Wild shape was automatically everybody had access to wild. Now, this is not talking about uh, archetypes that would change all that, right? Um, I don't usually go too much into that, but you still had, you know, wild empathy and things like that, and you were still a spellcaster, uh, and you still had access to quite a few spells. They were honestly a very powerful class because you not only are you a full spellcaster and you have wild shape so you could take care of yourself uh and you got some of the really coolest spells like it just was insane like it was crazy town uh the big change from 
first to second is the spell list, right? So now they are on the primal spell list. Well, the primal spell list didn't exist. So they were a divine caster. They were, you know, considered uh, nature uh, to be where they got some of their spells from. So you could obviously have a deity. Like, that would probably be the most common path. But we talked about this before, um, where there's the, I think it's called the Green Way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the worship of nature itself, not necessarily a deity, was an option for you. As, but you were a divine caster. As one of their, like, sort of capstone abilities, uh, they became immortal, essentially. So I got an ability called Timeless Body. And you cannot be magically aged. So you don't age. you just hmm. alive forever, living in the woods. That's fine. Whoops. <laughs> so, uh, I will say, it does specify that you still die of old age when your time is up. But you no longer take... <laughs> right? That seems menacing. <laughs> it does. I'm just imagining like a, a grim reaper standing in the background just like with his fingers clacking together. <laughs> Your time is nigh. Anyway. So yeah, like other than that, I think the feel of the druid now in second edition, there's a lot more variation that you can take. Uh now there were a lot of archetypes that allowed you to be the type of druid that you wanted to be, you know, if you wanted to be the animal or the wild or whatever, there were a lot of archetypes and like, we don't even have enough time to go into all of them. Uh, but there was one that I wanted to mention, uh, which is urban druid that you could be a druid that lived in a settlement that you were or a town. And that was how you practiced your druidic nature. Did you just have to have a lot of houseplants? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Absolutely. Or just, all right, so like, I have you some news about the, the number of millennials that are urban druids. <laughs> all of them? <laughs> all of them. Yeah, except for me. I, I, I take care of cats instead. Like, plants die. Urban I'm druid. Pretty- yeah, that's about as urban as I get, or urban druid that I get is cats and my dog. Uh, but the plant that my friend gave me, I say my friend, Jesse gave me, as a housewarming gift four years ago, the only reason it's alive is Ryan looks at it every once in a while and waters it. Like, if I touch that thing, it would die. I have a black thumb kill everything I touch. My mom won't let me near her garden. Perfect for the necromantic spells on this. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's true. So, yeah. That's the druid, guys. What do you think? I like it. I'm a big fan of druids. I haven't played one yet, but uh, you know, once Beth finally kills one of our characters off, 
it's not gonna happen. You guys are gonna I be fine. I know it's not, but like literally, <laughs> the name of our podcast is Dice Don't Die, and the tagline is "But PCs do," and not a single PC has died yet. <laughs> we gotta start so, making true on this. It's just a menacing threat. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Looking at you, Sebastian. Oh no! What? Well, oh, no, that's just like a week burn. of downtime. Sebastian's back. <laughs> no, no, no. Sebastian's <laughs> back. Sebastian look alike. <laughs> or it doesn't even look like like it's a rat this time. He's doesn't like, oh guys, to. Sebastian. Yeah, exactly. As long as it, I, f- I feel like that would be a fun gimmick as long as he had the same personality. Yeah, it, it's just uh, hey, Sebastian, what do you want to be this time? I don't think that's how it works. Are you are you a wizard, Beth? <laughs> You're right, I'm not. I'm not. So I I can't tell you how that works now? Okay, alright. Fair. (laughs) Fair. I like the druid. I like the idea of a druid, right? Like, Mm. I like the idea of being a little eco-terrorist and running around beating up people because they stepped on my grass. Uh get off my lawn (laughs) literally like i will make the lawn attack you if you do not get off of it but i don't i'm i have never really been drawn to it i don't i honestly think this is one of the few classes i have never actually played I've created a character that was a druid, but I don't think in any campaign that I've ever run, any Pathfinder society, none of that, I have never played a druid. So I hate nature, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Um, I love the idea of wild shaping into something for no reason at all. Just wild shape into the form of like a panther or something. And just lay about for the rest of the day. Make the rest of the group have to carry you as like a dog or something. I don't know. Something completely pointless. Mm-hmm. I love the thought of a, of a tiny goblin druid wild shaping into things to pull pranks on people. <laughs> I did too. Like, I do like just, oh, you're scared of spiders? Now I'm an eight foot tall tarantula. And you're like, but how? Why would you do this? And then like the paladin faints and you have to carry them. That's pretty. pretty, That is pretty. Now druids are becoming a little more likable to you. Or like one day you decide that like instead of riding your horse, you're just going to wild shape into a horse and hang out with the horses for the day. And you're like, I'm a horse now. That's that's hilarious. So yeah, Chad, why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that was Druids. Uh, Please let us know what you think about them. And once again, try to roll up your own Druid. And uh, go turn into an eight-foot-tall tarantula to scare somebody. I like that idea. I hate it. I don't ever want to see it. But I want to try it. (laughs) But what a good prank. (laughs) Oh, yeah, prank. And uh, join us next time on Dice Don't Die, because after all, dice don't die. But player characters do. Not. (laughs) Oh, we're definitely keeping that. (laughs) Yeah.
Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at DiceDon'tDiePod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work and the work of many others can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.